Hey everyone, thanks for joining Hope Church Online. If you're new to us in uh, this week or in recent weeks, my name is Ian. I'm one of the leaders at Hope Church, along with my good friend Adam Northcroft. Uh, we are both elders at Hope and I hope you're enjoying everything that we're putting out online at the moment. And church, hope you're enabling to engage with all that we're putting out there. Uh, just remind you about uh, all the stuff that we're doing. We've got our weekly reminders via email. I hope you're receiving those. And we're also updating things on social media just to let you know all that's going on. Uh, we've got our prayer meetings on Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. And also, uh, Alpha is still running. It's our week two this coming week. It's not too late to start. If you missed the first week, that's okay. You can still join. You can still invite friends. Uh, first week is very much an introductory session. So why don't you come along if you've got big questions about faith and um, life. And if you want to know more about this Jesus that we are talking about. Also just wanted to give uh, a big thanks to my friends Dave, Gad and Jeeves and James and Tom. to who the they're the guys that are helping us with our online stuff at the moment. Um, just been a massive help to us, working really hard behind the scenes. So thanks to those guys. So I, I hope whatever situation you are in, in this current lockdown, um, that you're surviving and that even in these very strange times, you can find peace and you're knowing God in it. Also, if you're on the front line, if you're working in the NHS or in the care sector or in whatever service you are providing in this difficult time, know that we are praying for you as a church and we are cheering you on. So thank you, keep going, and we'll keep praying. Uh, we're returning today to our Luke series. We've been looking at the Gospel of Luke um, for some time now. Uh, and we've just heard over the last two messages of Luke about the Lord's Prayer and prayer in general from Adam. And I hope you found that helpful. I've been praying myself through the Lord's Prayer bit by bit, knowing that we're praying to a good father, knowing that he's a father that wants to give us good gifts. He wants to give us the Holy Spirit. If we ask him, so will you ask him? Do you come to him on a daily basis, asking him for the Holy Spirit? Go to him. Find a place and a time that works for you in this new life situation whatever that may be. Uh, we find ourselves this week in what seems like an abrupt interruption into uh, Jesus' teaching on prayer. We see another episode of Jesus casting out demons. Jesus is engaged in this ministry that expels demons throughout Luke and there are different reactions from astonishment, excitement and hostility. So let's read on today to see what the reactions are from the people gathered from this event. We are reading from Luke 11, verse 14 to 26. 28, sorry. He is, from verse 14, it says, Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke. And the people marvelled. But some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knew, he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. 
and if Satan and a divided household falls and if Satan also is divided against himself how will his kingdom stand for you say I cast out demons by Beelzebul and if I cast out demons by Beelzebul by whom do your sons cast them out therefore they they will be your judges but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armour and which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Verse 24. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. And then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. And then they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Now we read at the beginning, Jesus casting at a demon that was mute. The man was unable to speak. And Jesus is of course successful in casting out the demon of this afflicted man. The mute man spoke and the people marvelled. We don't know loads about demons, but we do know a few truths. We know that demons oppose the kingdom of God. They seek to deceitfully ensnare humans and manipulate them to do their will rather than God's. 2 Timothy 2.26 talks about people being ensnared and it says, they come to, may they come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. It is therefore possible for them to gain such influence over a person, they essentially possess them. And like we've seen in other episodes in Luke, we know that unless the people are born again and live under the authority of Christ, the risen Christ, demons have the power of death over them and use people's fear of death to maximum advantage. But if you are in Christ, you can be free from the fear of death. And in times like that we are in right now that can be freeing and here Jesus comes in one who has more power and is stronger than his enemy releases this man only Jesus can release and has the power to do this only Jesus can free you from the power of evil there then is this exchange between Jesus and the crowd he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. Others were looking for a sign to test Jesus. These opponents weren't dismissing the power 
or that this was some sort of hoax, but instead they were attributing this power to forces of evil. The others were sitting on the fence and waiting for something else or something more from Jesus, even though Jesus had already performed loads of miracles. But Jesus doesn't respond to that request to do more. What he does respond to is the thoughts and thoughts that he is working with Satan. And he turns their accusations against them. It says he knew their thoughts. He then points out the failure in their logic. He says every kingdom divided against itself will fall. This is an absurd accusation. Why would Satan be driving out his own demons? He then turns back to his accusers and he says, by whom do your sons cast them out? So the Pharisees had exorcists who would try and cast out demons. Jesus says, what about them? Where did their power come from? And now he's got them into a corner. What if they cast out demons? You'd account the that power to God. But now Jesus has done it. You've, you've changed. This is double standards. And if exorcism happens, then it must be by the power of God. And now these very people who do those exorcisms are to be your judges of where this power comes from. So what they were saying is satanic power is actually proof that the kingdom of God has come. Jesus then, from verse 20, starts to explain the real version of events, where the power comes from, and he shows the people what is happening. Verse 20, it says, But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The finger of God has come. And it is that that casts out demons. It's an interesting reference. We find the finger of God referenced in the Old Testament, in Exodus. When plagues were uh, upon Egypt and Pharaoh was speaking to his sorcerers and magicians and they were trying to conjure up something to prove this was just a trick. But they could not do it. And they tried to convince Pharaoh that it was from God. And they said, this is from the finger of God. Um, better known, perhaps, in Exodus 31, verse 18, uh, when Moses is speaking to God and God is um, giving Moses the law, the commandments to him, and that they're written on tablets of stone. It says it is written by the finger of God of God. He's asserting that Jesus here, that he is coming in the power of God. When he says this, this is powerful. The kingdom overcomes demonic oppression and brings deliverance. The arrival of the kingdom brings an unprecedented conflict with Satan and his demons. And Jesus uses an illustration in verses 21 to 22 to help his hearers understand what he means. So he says, Satan, the devil, is like the strong man who guards his palace and his goods within the palace are people. The people are Satan's possessions. They are enslaved to sin and oppressed by demons. 
as long as no one stronger than the devil comes along, they will never be delivered. But when someone stronger comes along, Jesus, the treasure, the spoils of the palace can be liberated. Jesus is saying, I have come and I will liberate. I will set you free for I am stronger. Satan's been in control of mankind since the fall. Has power over mankind, but the kingdom has come. And now Jesus, the kingdom has come and Satan has been overpowered. And until you come to Christ and accept him as your Lord and saviour, all of mankind is under the power of sin, even through mere unbelief. When Jesus makes his claim at the end, we may think it sounds harsh, in verse 23, but it actually summarises all of the previous verses. Verse 23 says, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. This shows us that there is no middle ground between God and evil and sin. You cannot be stuck somewhere in between the two. You cannot be stuck in between in your island of unbelief. Jesus is stressing in these remarks about unbelief is sin. Sin is unbelief. Turning your back on God. He's saying there's a crucial decision about him. You either accept him or you reject him. And the choice is yours. And centuries later, we still have that decision to make. We can assess his life his teachings, his miracles, his resurrection, and decide, is this God? Is this who I want to give my life to? God has already won the battle. He's already overpowered Satan and sin and death. We celebrated it last week. He has won. He died on the cross he rose again gloriously and victoriously, defeating death. And we, as Christians, have access to those spoils that he has won from that palace. <clears throat> that Jesus has come, he has won, he gives us the Holy Spirit that enables and empowers us to pray for the sick, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel, which is the power of God. Because remember... Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Moving on, verse 24 to 26. Jesus again talking about a demon. Leaving a person and then returning and it being even worse than before. When the unclean spirit goes out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. It says, I'll return to my house from which I came. When it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. There's a change that's happened. But it goes and brings seven other spirits, more evil than itself, into this empty house. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. It shows us that we can respond God's grace can free us from the presence of evil and sin, but only temporarily if we, there's a refusal on our part to respond to him. It can be like a seed that is sown, the word of God, like that parable that we know well, 
the, the word of God is sown on, on paths and it starts to grow but then it gets choked up by weeds and thistles. We hear about Jesus, that we're loved by God, that he died for us on the cross and there's this new life on offer which seems appealing. But when there's a lack of response on our part to allow God, allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin, of our wrong thinking, to challenge the way we see things and do things, there's a door left open. If God is real, he will challenge us about our thinking, not try to fit him into our way of thinking. Because that's not God. That's God in your own image. Revelation missed becomes one step closer to being left in evil hands. And refusal to respond to God's grace is not neutral. It is remaining in those destructive hands. You don't get stuck in a spiritual vacuum if you just pray and then go to church for a bit, but don't really do anything. You don't have a regular walk with God if you do nothing, you'll be under the influence of the devil. There are no spiritual orphans either. Either God is your father or Satan is your master. And God is your father and he is good and he loves you and you can come to him. If you're a Christian right now, how are you coping in this crisis? How are you coping in lockdown if you are in lockdown? There's been some regular practices that are a bit harder to do now. Having quiet times if you're at home all the time. I know this has been a challenge for me. I, In my regular working life, in my day-to-day work I had plenty of time to pray and read the word of God and worship I would have time to do that but now life is different I'm working at home I've got three children at home as well that there's some interesting times in that we're having good times together but actually I'm having to work out well where can I have this time alone with God so after a week or so I worked I realized I'm going to have to get up earlier. I'm going to have to get out of bed earlier and go and find that peace and that quiet. I've had to change a room around slightly so I can go into a room and close the door, not lock it so they can't get in. The kids can still get in if they want to. But I've had to change things around in my life pattern so I can spend time with God. There are things that are harder to do now. We worshipping together. We were able to do that, but at the moment, physically, we're not doing it together. How are you doing on that? Are you joining in online? Are you trying to do it at some point at home during the average day, worshipping? Or have you left the door open? Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying we need to be on constant alert and fear of the devil coming in and changing us and doing bad things but what we need to be doing is being aware that things can slip when habits and life patterns change are you coming to him 
and asking, like it was said in those previous verses, the good Father who wants to give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So are you asking him? I'm really struggling at the moment. I don't know why. I just want to get back to normal. Now you can come to him and you need to ask him, Lord, come and fill me again today with your Holy Spirit. I believe God is wanting to teach us and show us things in this lockdown time. This is a different season. Take time out to pray. Allow God to speak to you. Are you craving your old life? Maybe God is trying to teach us something in this. I think God is, te- is wanting to teach us to pray in this time. That's why last week I encouraged people to join us in our corporate prayer meetings. Because gathering together we get this sense of praying beyond ourselves. And we get to join in with God and what he's doing. And seek him together. And you can join them if you want to. Every Wednesday at 10am and the second Tuesday of the month is our evening prayer meetings at 8pm. It would be really easy at at this time as well to have more and more screen time. To watch box sets, to watch Netflix, to get every update of the news. Why don't you take time out to read something that will help you understand the Bible better or study a book in the Bible that you may not have read. I'm just working my way through uh, 1 Kings again at the moment, just started again this week, really enjoying that. Be careful what you allow into your gates at this time, through your eyes and through your ears. It's what we talk to our children about, about Guarding your gates, what you allow in to hear, because it can change and affect you without you realising it. And now, we should, especially at a time like this, if you have young children, be responsible for your kids' input, for what they are watching and listening to at this time. This is a great opportunity for you to have a good input into your kids, in good influence Pray with them. Speak to them. I'm, every day I'm talking to my kids about what I've read in Kings today and what that means. This is a great opportunity. Come to God. Ask him to give you new gifts, spiritual gifts. Speaking in tongues. Praying in tongues is edifying. Ask for the gift of prophecy and then try and step out and do it in your groups together. Live like you've been won by the strong man, Jesus. He has captured you from the kingdom of darkness and he has brought you into his glorious kingdom of light. You're called to be different. We mustn't blend in with everyone else at this moment. But come out the other side of this crisis different. Ready to respond. Ready to respond to a world that will be hurting Asking where to turn to. This is the time. The time is coming for the church, for God's people to rise up. For such a time is this. To speak the truth. That Jesus loves them, yes. But he loved them so much that he died for them so they will not perish. 
and the thing that will really help you through this time. What we read at the end as this lady tried to heap praise upon Jesus and his family, his genealogy. This is what would have been really well respected at this time. But he responds, he doesn't want the praise of that. He, he says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's what will see you through this time. Hearing his word, keeping it, standing on his promises, believing him for victory in this dark world and obedience to the word of God. So why don't you come to him right now? If you've never responded to Jesus before, if you are not a Christian, you can come to him now. You can pray. And it's just three simple things you can say. And I'm going to pray right now. And you can do that just in the quietness of your heart or out loud. It's up to you. I'm just going to pray and then you can pray after me. If you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, to give him that peace, to no longer have that fear of death. Come to him now and pray just after me. You say, Lord, I am sorry that I have turned my back on you. Thank you that you died for me on the cross for my sin. Now please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me follow you. And if you want to ask him for the Holy Spirit, if you are a Christian, you're feeling shaken and you're wanting more of his presence in your life, why don't you pray right now? You just open your hands to him and just say, Lord, will you come? You're the good father, the giver of good gifts. Come and fill me again with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's it. Uh, if you are watching this live from 10 o'clock, we are having a Zoom catch-up after church at 11.15. Uh, if you've prayed uh, that prayer today, I'd love you to contact me at, on my email address, which is ian at hopechurch7oaks.org. Um, and don't forget, it's not too late to come to Alpha online. Hope you have a great week. Hope you seek God this week. Hope you know his presence and his peace. And hopefully I will see you in the uh, catch up after church on Zoom starting at 11.15. Thank you and uh, speak to you soon.